Welcome to Stories from A to Z with Mona P. I'm your host, Mona Pasanoff. Today's guest is Val Perry, coming to you from Valrico, Florida. I first met Val when I signed up for the 10-week life story writing classes offered at our local Bloomingdale Library quite a few years ago. Like Val, I have always liked to write. Discovering the introductory brochure at the library led me to an immediate yes. I knew this was a necessary opportunity I didn't want to miss. Val and Lynn Gardner were my instructors. As you listen to Val discuss the program, I totally relate to what she says. As soon as I completed the 10 weeks, I wanted more. I have continued to work with Val and the Life Story Writing Program, frequently teaching the class, sitting on the Bloomingdale Writers Connection Steering Committee, volunteering in a variety of ways, and going on artist dates. I have ended each podcast stating that everyone has a story to tell. It is my pleasure to introduce Val and her story. Hi, Val. I'm so glad to have you here today to be on my podcast. And I'm pleased to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up? Where do you live now? How long have you been in Florida? Okay, it's, it's quite a story. I was born in London, in England. And I lived there until I was about 20, then, or 22, actually. I came to South Dakota. I was there a year, then Massachusetts for five, six years. Florida, another five years. and went back to England for a while. Then I came to Massachusetts again. And then finally, I retired to Valrico, Florida in 1990. I've been here ever since. Not moved. Is one of the reasons that you made all those moves because you had met your husband in England and he was in the military? Yes, he was in the Air Force stationed in England, in Suffolk in England. He often talks about me being his souvenir that he brought back. Once we got married, he began his career in the military and I just went with him. Today, we're going to focus on the Bloomingdale Writers' Connection and more specifically, the Life Story Writing Program. If I hadn't met you almost 10 years ago during this writing program, we wouldn't be sitting here today. So tell us a little bit about it, how you came to be involved, and what it is. Like most things in my life, they start with a story. This one was quite dramatic. In the 90s, I had an extremely bad uh, headache for about three weeks. It culminated in me losing my eyesight. I went into hospital. Over five days, I finally regained my eyesight. The morning that I woke up and could see again, there was a newspaper up on the table by my bed. My husband had left it the night before. When I looked in it, just overjoyed to be able to see the printed word. I saw an advertisement for life story writing at Bloomingdale Library. I didn't know what life story writing was. I didn't even know where Bloomingdale Library was. But anyway, I signed up for the class. 
I loved it from the minute I started. Unfortunately, at the end of this particular class, the instructor, Carol Bird, she'd been teaching this class at the university and then she got invited to teach at the library and she'd been teaching there for about a year and a half. And this particular class, she found out that she was very ill. The friends of the library were putting out sort of a desperate bid for anybody that would be willing to take on the classes. To this day, I can't tell you why. I thought this was a good idea. I just wanted them to continue somehow. There was two people, me and uh, another lady who I didn't know at the time. Uh, We both offered. We made it easy. We didn't have them have to choose. We just decided the two of us would team up since we really didn't know what we were doing and support one another. The rest is history. I mean, I've been doing it for 15 years now. I would say that I haven't sort of lost interest. If anything, it has become more meaningful and more important. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Life Story Writing Program is based on? Our Life Story Writing Program is based on really a book by Dr. Jim Behrens that he wrote, oh, probably about 25 years ago now. He was the founding dean of the Davis Center for the University of California for Gerontology. And he noticed that older people tended to want to tell their life stories. They just, you know, you sit them down for a meal at Thanksgiving and the next thing you know, all the old chestnuts keep coming out. He sort of followed that up. There's a huge body of work now that says how healing and useful life story writing is and how important it is to do at certain times of your life to kind of assimilate everything that's going on and put it into a complete story. It doesn't always have to be done at the end of your life. It can be done at different important times during your life if you're lucky enough to have those times. Jim Byrne formulated a 10-week program where there are different theme each week. One is family, which, you know, covers huge amount of material. Just about any story someone comes to the class and wants to write about will fit into one of these themes, these general themes. I think the theme helps people focus during the week because one of the anxieties people have when they think about writing their life stories is how huge a job it seems. Uh, Where do you start? Because a lot of people start with, I was born in uh, on the day, and then they go from there. Jim Biron sort of turns that whole thing on its head. He has you start with the important stories, the ones that are really important to you that you definitely want to tell. And he fits them into these nine categories. When you leave that day, we give you a whole page of questions. We call them prompting questions. And you don't have to answer the questions specifically, but as you read them and you answer them in your mind, stories will start to come to the surface. And then there'll usually be one that has got so much energy in it that you just have to tell it. And it's the stories that have the energy in that you want to tell because that translates on the page to a story that other people want to read and they they want to know how you got there and what happened next. It's a win-win for for both of you. That's kind of the outline of the program. Uh, Dr. Biron, he's written many, many academic papers, but this was his free gift. Well, it wasn't free. You've got to buy the book. 
in it is everything, including remember to bring the felt tip pens to class. I mean, right down to the tiniest detail. Anybody, anywhere can pick up a copy of this book and start their own classes. Although now there is the Biren Institute 10-week classes, uh, you can get certified. It brings you into a network of international instructors, literally international. The people that teach this class in Australia and Indonesia, back in England, Germany, all over. Thank you for that. Why do you feel it's important for people to share their stories? I think just about everybody wants to share their stories. I think it's almost like written in our DNA that we need to share our stories. It helps us in our minds figure out some semblance of order from the chaos, the random chaos that our lives tend to be. And sometimes they're really, really tumultuous. And sometimes they're very busy, different times, different phases of our lives. It's like when you finally sort of swim ashore and you're sitting on the beach, you think to yourself, what the heck just happened? You have this need to go over things, answer questions for yourself. Your family may not initially want to listen to your stories or read your stories, but they will eventually, they will, I can almost promise you, they will want to know about your life, especially, unfortunately, once you're gone, they suddenly realize all they don't know about your life. One thing that people have told me when they've read their mother's stories that they wrote during the life story writing class, they found a side of their mother that wasn't who they thought their mom was. They learned about their mother's childhood, her her dreams, her hopes. A lot of times you only know the person you call mom um, or dad, and uh, you see them through a certain filter. It's leaving a legacy of your life. And people get anxious about their quality of writing. And I say to them, you know, if you can, if a friend wrote to you and said, whatever happened when your dad went away to war? And you wrote back, well, this happened and that happened. And that's the foundation of a life story. And if you can do that, you're going to be fine in the class. We give hints. We give suggestions. We talk about how to bring the senses into the stories. We, you know, we try to make them interesting. Sometimes people don't realize the gems they've got. Other people in their writing group will help tease those out. They say, you want to put that story in. You want to tell that funny part of it. And and that sort of thing. So, so you get help and you get support through the groups and the writing class. And it is confidential. People are not there to pull you down. You always have to ask yourself, how is my comment going to help the writer, this writer? Telling them I like your story or this doesn't do it for me. That's not telling the writer. You need to be specific. What is it you liked? What words you really like? People learn how to give good feedback as well as write their life stories. That's another part of the classes. I wanted to to talk about some of the people's anxieties and how they get ironed out, they get worked out, and people laugh when they think how worried they were at the beginning. And then they find that we're all just normal people. You know, uh, we're not sitting in ivory towers somewhere. So often we've been trained that only celebrities write stories or kings or queens. And it's become everybody's opportunity to write their life story. It's not just the famous people, uh, the celebrities. There are no experts. Um, that's one thing we have to get 
across immediately is that we are all learning. Someone said that in an evaluation a few years ago. They said that they finally realized that we're all learning. And the people that are teaching the class are just a little bit ahead of us. That feels very comforting to not stand up there and be expected to be an expert. As you started out at the beginning here saying, without live story writing, we probably wouldn't have met. And this happens over and over. People often become best friends with someone in their group that they never would have crossed paths with. I'm thinking of people that have been best friends for like 10, 12 years. And it was the class that put them together. Their hearts and minds opened up. What do you enjoy about leading the writing workshops and this program? What, what gives you joy about it? I think it started with my own joy. I just loved the program. And I think part of it might have been the fact that I was new to the community, fairly new. This kind of introduced me to my tribe of writers and the people in the community. And so what I enjoy is sharing that uh, pleasure and excitement. And when I see the light bulbs go on in people's minds, usually about the third week, they grasp what is going on in the classes, what they're gaining, their enjoyment. It's like reliving it myself all over again. It's just a wonderful thing to be able to share. It's meaningful. I've heard from relatives whose mothers have passed. They have been so grateful when they happened upon their mother's book of stories. There's meaning in it, and it's also so healing. People have shared stories in the classes that they have not even told their husbands or their best friends. They just have not told those stories. They felt safe and free enough in the classes to share these stories. And that's the beginning of healing, really. I agree with you. And it's interesting that we share our hearts. Like you said, there is a safety in knowing that everybody is sharing a part of themselves each week that we meet. And it does grow each time a little bit more and a little bit deeper. When we meet people in our lives at the age that we meet them, we don't know their past because we haven't grown up with them. Having someone write their story and then read it in the small group, we get to know a part of them that we would never have known otherwise. Yes. It adds to the understanding of why or how a person got to be who they are. Yes. And as you're learning about them, they often are learning about themselves at the same time. The other aspect is that the first hour of the class is taken up with writing tips and discussing the theme for that week. Then we have a short tea break or coffee break, and then we go into assigned small groups. It's the same people from the beginning to the end of the class. So you have plenty of opportunity to slowly get to know the people in your group. And that old cliche, don't judge a book by its cover, is so true when it comes to life story writing. That quiet little person sitting 
at the end of the row there, hardly says a word. And then slowly as they unfold in their stories, you find out huge amounts of drama that have gone on in their lives and what a survivor they are and how strong they really are and what risk takers. So it's always amazing to me. You just never know uh, just by looking at the person sitting in the class the first day, what gems they're going to unfold. It's a wonderful experience. One of the things that I think help people is we give them the themes at the end of the class and we ask them to go away. And during that week, they write a story. It's done in the privacy of your own home. You're not asked to share it for the first time in front of a group of strangers. Uh, You write it, you read it, and then you think to yourself, do I want to share this? You prepare yourself for questions that might come. One of the things we ask people to sign a confidentiality statement. Everyone sees everyone else signing this statement. It means that you are going to keep whatever you hear in confidence. And I think the fact that everyone is sharing on a similar level tends to guarantee that's going to happen, that people are going to respect each other. Who's one of the main people in your life that inspired you to write? I wish I could say I had an uncle or an aunt or a father or someone. It really just came from within me. I found that writing was a form of expression that worked for me. I know some people find music, some people find art, athletics. For me, it was was writing. I started writing when I was sort of about 10 or 11. My brother and I used to do things like we'd write plays and we'd perform them when family came over. I used to write little stories. I wrote a, a sort of a really important one when I was about 12. I've been writing ever since. It's just been an escape, an escape valve. When things got chaotic, definitely during the teenage years, when like every day I woke up, it seemed like I was a different person. You know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is driving me crazy. I would write and write and write. And it was a way of creating order. And then I noticed that every job I ever had, I figured out a way to, to write. I joined the British Wives Club and immediately I offered to write up a report of their activities every month and put it in the newspaper. And then I would go to work at companies. And if they didn't have an office manual, after a few months, I would say, I'll write the office manual. And everyone's very grateful and it would get me out of filing and everything. But I was doing what I wanted to do. And then, you know, when I left England in 1972, I had no idea how homesick I was going to be for my country. You don't know something sometimes until it's gone. You know, you don't appreciate it. I started writing. It was way too expensive back then to make phone calls. And so I wrote, must be about 20 letters a month. Then what happened was people that enjoyed writing themselves started writing back. So in a way, I found my tribe, the letter writers. And I have this ability, which I don't think many people, or maybe some people have, but it's where when I'm writing to someone, it feels like I've had a visit with them. Their presence stays with me for a day or so. That was what helped me get over the homesickness. And I know that there's some people that writing is is a huge monumental stress, and I'm sure they don't get much joy or pleasure out out of doing it. But there's been an awful lot of people that didn't think they were going to enjoy writing their life stories that 
are permanently five-story writers now. I'm really glad that people come with an open mind. Teaching this class at a public library, as opposed to teaching it as a continuing ed class at a university, is that everyday people visit their library to get books, magazines, bring their grandchildren to classes there, story time. You get a real cross-section of people and you get people that they wouldn't even step foot on a campus at a university, but they'll come to their library. We have brochures in the library. Often they read the brochures. They have a friend at church or a neighbor who says, you know, in taking this class and I really enjoyed it. I think you would too. Over the years, we've got more and more people where they sign up because they have word of mouth. They just hear that it's a good program. I really get a little nervous when people come to the class and they're there to learn the skill of writing. They want to become best-selling authors. They kind of turn it into a drudge. It becomes work. I try to get them out of that and just relax, just enjoy writing about their lives. I think we accomplished that. There's a few that are really, really determined to make it into a job. I can't help them. <laughs> but that's their character and that's the way that it is. Yeah, I hope that most people learn to enjoy writing. Most people want their stories read and enjoyed. Earlier, when I had asked you who was somebody who maybe inspired you to write or how you started to write, and you said you've written from when you were young, and then you said, but when you turned 12, you wrote an important story. And I didn't interrupt you there. And I feel like, well, what was that important story, Miss Val? <laughs> There was a reason I went right over the top of that. It was a story where I had started becoming a woman. I had so many questions and so much confusion and hormones can do odd things to your emotions. And that was, I think, the first time I realized that writing things down helped calm me down, helped me put order to things. And so I wrote the story in third person. I made up a character. It helped me write these questions down and my feelings down. If I had to think of where expressive writing started for me, I would say it was there. Do you have a regular writing practice now? <laughs> yeah, I belong to a group called the Story Catchers for about 15 years. Slowly over the years, I've added other groups for different reasons. And now I'm in like four groups a month that meet before the pandemic, we had 21 writing groups that came out of the classes and met at the Bloomingdale Library, or some met other places. I only write one story for the whole month. I try very hard to write a fresh story because I notice that even when I go back to stories that I've written 15, 12 years ago, they wouldn't be stories I would write now. And I think it was John Feinstein that said, yesterday you were a different person. Today you are a new person. Every new day you're a new person. I'm paraphrasing, but th that's so true. When you document your life, you can see very clearly how your thoughts have moved on. Hopefully you can see how you have matured or added in new perspectives, new information. The Friends of the Library, who are the very generous sponsors who pay for the materials and they support 
every way they can. The life story writing classes, because they were so popular in the beginning, and this is back in 2005, the same people kept signing up for the classes. So new people were complaining because they couldn't get in to the classes. So they made a rule that you had to move on. You couldn't take the class more than them once. We even have people signing up under pseudonyms. Then they show up to class and you say, wait a minute, you were there last month. I thought we, what we need is some kind of a network formed. And so I went to the friends and I pitched the idea of the Bloomingdale Writers Connection that would be made up of the graduates from the Life Story Writing classes. Our mission is to support the writers in their continuation of writing their stories. One of the ways we support them is we help them form writing groups. We show them how to reserve rooms at the library. We supply prompts every month. We send out a list of prompts that they can use if they're optional. But if your mind is totally blank that month, you can use the prompt. So getting back to my writing practice, I'd write those prompts. And I've been writing them for 15 years now. I've probably got several books there. I also write a newsletter, and that got a little more formalized last summer when another writer, Jan Riddler, suggested to me that maybe with the pandemic, it would really help the writers who were unable to meet anymore at the library if we produced a digital like magazine. We called it In Touch. Every two or three months, we send out about oh, 12 pages of information some of it's updates on what other members are doing. Like we, we send an update of Mona in the last newsletter of her, about her podcasting. We just put anything that might be of interest to Life Story Writers. That's me writing again. So that's another habit, part of the habit. And that's on top of writing the story each month for myself, for my family. And from that, there seems to be other writing opportunities too. And of course, there's always the write-ups that go into the newspapers. There's plenty of writing. <laughs> people that come through the classes, of course, you learn about the people and you learn very often they're retired. So they suddenly have quite a bit of spare time and you learn that what they have been doing in their lives and what skills and talents they have. They're very often, thankfully, very often willing to offer those talents and skills to further the Life Story Writing Program. Eventually, these talented people and anybody really that has their heart in the program gets invited to join at the monthly BWC meetings. One example would be the Listen Project. We decided that we would do an anthology Everyone that wanted to submitted a story and we published a collection. There was 56 stories, I think, in the original book. That came from someone's idea. Our anthology is called I Have a Story to Tell, and it can be found on Amazon Books. If you put that in, you'll find the book. It's available for purchase at $10 a piece, which is a bargain. So the second part of the Listen Project was to record all these stories. One day, a lady walked in who offered to do that. She offered to use the recording studios in the libraries and to spearhead the whole program of recording them so that we have those as a digital collection 
on the Hillsborough County Library System. Anything else that you would like people to know about you? I think they've probably got a pretty good idea from this conversation. My values are family, which seems very odd in that I uh, moved away from my country. I have a brother who lives in Australia, one in England, and myself in America, in Florida. Family is very important, and writing is one of the ways that I have maintained strong bonds with family and, and friends. I have a friend who's 71 years old, and I know that because we were, we were born in the same ward together in, in London. And I still write to her, and she still writes to me. Our moms were friends to begin with, and then from that, we became friends. I'm someone that likes continuity and values friendships and will work to maintain them. I like learning. I never stop learning about writing and, and reading. I love to read an interview with a writer and when they talk about writing, I always learn something. I love to paint. There is an artistic side to me. And we didn't talk about the Create Group. One of the offshoots of the writing was we had a, an award-winning artist that was also a life story writer. And she felt something was missing. She was cutting out her art. And so we started a group that started by reading The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. 15 years later, we're still meeting and trying to support each other's craft, whatever that might be. That speaks to me as well, because at various times, my main focus of expression was art. I want to say that perhaps one of the highlights of my whole career of doing this life story writing was when I was invited back to my home country of England about three years ago. And I was invited to give a presentation at one of the Oxford universities about Bloomingdale Writers Connection and life story writing. The people I met there, the whole experience. And I think coming from England, I'd always thought of Oxford University as being so far beyond anything I would ever aspire to. And to be standing on the stage and, and talking to people, I had to pinch myself. I came back and I thought, wow, I didn't see that coming. Who is one of the main people in your life that inspired you to write or do you have a mentor? I think the person uh, that I would strongly uh, say is my, is my mentor is Dr. Cheryl Svensson. She was a trainee with Dr. Biron. She worked with him for the last 30 years. Um, sadly, he passed a couple of years ago. And she has picked up the reins and she is the person that continues to give classes in training. She certifies the life story writing instructors and she does this internationally now. She keeps us all together. And I suppose in a way I model the Bloomingdale Writers Connection on what she does for all us instructors. It would be hard to really quantify just how much she helps. She supports ideas, she supports programs, um, she advertises them on the network. My newsletter that I send out just to the BWC people, but she sends it out all around the world on her network because she sees it as a good example of what you can do for your community. 
and she taught me how to um, build a community. We've all got someone to thank, and, uh, and I would thank uh, Dr. Shell Svensson. I'm a true believer it can take you anywhere. If you do something you love and you share it with people with heart, it can take you anywhere. Thank you, Val. I really appreciate you spending the time. It feels like therapy, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I would appreciate your sharing this podcast with your friends and family. As we celebrate the 25th episode, I believe I have come full circle. A huge thank you to Val Perry for stepping forward 15 years ago to ensure the Life Story Writing Program continued. Like I said in the interview, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have developed my writing skills, been published, or started this podcast. Val has always been more than kind and supportive of all I accomplish in the writing world. Her feedback has encouraged me to go deeper and strive to put forward my best. I started this podcast last July during the pandemic. While maintaining social distance, this was a wonderful way to occupy my time. I met or got to know better every person who agreed to be interviewed. That was the fun part. The not so fun part is the editing of conversations to get a clean sound. I'm telling you this because I've made the decision to put my podcast on hiatus. Maybe temporarily, maybe not. For you, my faithful listeners, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. When you told me you enjoyed an episode, it made me happy. But like all social media, the number of likes and followers really are important. Every one of you counts, but there are not enough of you. Of course, if you rally and get lots more people to listen, and I mean lots, like all of your friends and family members, strangers too, then I'll be back. In the meantime, I'm going to enjoy the summer, no mask wearing, and the cooler temperatures of Upper Michigan. I'll also be focusing on my writing. I will have another short story coming out next year in Ariel Hagee's third anthology, How I Met My Other, this time, True Engagements, Forever Love, about how Ellie and I met and knew we were meant for each other. A direct result of attending my monthly writing group meetings and listening to my favorite story podcasts, The Moth, Snap Judgment, This American Life, and Fresh Air, have inspired me to write my own memoir. I'm not sure when it will be completed. It's a work in progress because everyone has a story to tell. Until next time, this is Stories from A to Z with Mona P. Mm-hmm.